Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Right, because it's like, what do you call it? The, what's it called? The invisible shopper or the, what is that? Oh, term? Yeah. Oh, the um, secret shopper, secret yeah. shopper kind of thing, right? Like, um, because really, I, I, and what would happen to me is because oftentimes I'd have to deal with lots of levels of leadership, all the way to the front line, because we would be leading, we would be rolling it out to the front line. It was a confidential service. We'd be seeing trends that was happening. So I would, um, you know, go. For instance, I dealt with um, the light um, union for um, the theaters in Toronto. So guess what they did, right? So they took me behind the mm -hmm. scenes about 10 minutes before production um, to see The Lion King. So here I am, and they said, we want you to see it through the eyes mm. of what we go through. And I said, oh boy, this is gonna be fun. I get to see The Lion King, but mm -hmm. I get to see it behind the scenes. Sarah, the most amazing experience because it really showed me how to look at it from the lens of perfection, what they had to create. And my challenge was, we'd like you to count how many mistakes you see. Hmm. So I'm like, all right then. So I'm right on. I'm like, got my eagle eyes out. I did not count once. There was 35 glitches hmm. and I did not see one. Because hmm. they're so quick at problem solving and fixing, they were they reconstructed uh, computers behind the scenes that could have affected things. So again, from a psychological perspective, it allowed me to see potentially how the you know how the actors would have to you know go on as normal, and then how you know the managers would have to manage them and all those things. But it, it, it's an aggregate that allowed you to see it right and what people are doing their jobs from at such a high level. Um, but again, from, you know, the psychological element, recognizing how could we support them understanding the pressures of the industry, right? Which is- Yeah. And the connection between authenticity and recognition is how do you authentically acknowledge, wow, we overcame 35 issues as opposed to what sometimes happens, which is how did 35 things happen? We are professionals here. Mm -hmm. How is it possible? We had 35 mistakes. So it's the, the, where you come at it by understanding and appreciating the pressures, the stress, the, you know, that's kind of goes back to that 8% we were talking about. So rather than, than say like, you're going to need to work harder. People know that already. Mm. Instead, it is we appreciate that you're working harder. So right. one of the things I think that we can do as leaders to truly authentically see to to be behind the curtain like you 
yes, your job as a leader is to make sure there aren't quality issues and competency gaps and bullying and sensibility and all the things that are that are terrible that you you know you have a responsibility to make sure that the, that you're rowing in the right direction and that if that's not happening in the in the rowing term they call it catch a crab where you you know your your oar shudders in the water and it could really cause a problem if that happens so you want to be able to catch it before it becomes a really big problem and if you can't do that from up here you cannot, and I'm visually showing, you can't go, do it from up on high in the ivory tower, as you say, mm -hmm. uh, looking down in clicky high heeled shoes and pinstripe suits. If you really genuinely want to connect with the people who add the most value in the organization, and I'm sorry to say leaders, it's not the CEO. The CEO's job is very important. So CEOs, I love you, have huge respect, not qualified to do your job, huge respect for you. And who would the customer notice if you're gone tomorrow and for one day you're only gone for one day the person who, if the phone's not being answered or the care's not being delivered or nobody gets their mail for an entire day that's really visible that can create a huge bottleneck in the the whole reason for being so we need to acknowledge by by putting ourselves in the shoes of those people uh we call it visible leadership and lean continuous improvement it's going to Gemba is what they, you know, if you if you're actually in the, the let's say a Toyota, Toyota, they would say, you know, go to Gemba, which refers to a, a, a circle where you stand in the circle and you watch and you study. Ooh. That's what you did. You went to Gemba. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was in a senior leadership role, I would hear on a Tuesday at senior team what was broken. And on Friday, I would spend it in scrubs or in runners or whatever, wherever the quote problem existed that we couldn't figure out how to solve in senior team. I'd go there and I'd try to study it. And, you know, not only would I come back with greater information and frankly, sometimes, sometimes my clients, my, sorry, my, um, my peers would respect that. And other times it create waves, as you can probably imagine. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not criticizing them. They have their way of leading this, this just, I honestly didn't know how I would ever contribute in at senior team if I didn't go and study what was going on with the people who could understand it. Here's what mattered most to me, though. The people who were experiencing the pain of that issue not yet being solved or that we did not have a good viable solution to, they needed to feel that somebody was listening, that somebody was paying attention, because even if it was such a colossal challenge that it was even outside of the realm of anybody on senior team being able to fix, such as in Ontario, well, every hospital, you have a backlog of beds, of people in beds in emergency. We can't create more beds. We can't pull funding out of the air. There's lots of things that we could probably do to iterate and that's good organizations do that, good hospitals do that. And there will, it's, it's virtually impossible to have enough money and funding to do everything you possibly would ever wanna do for a patient. So what we can do is we can make sure that the people providing the care, the one experiencing the strain of an overrun emergency department, of the families worried about their, the care, about um, the hearing infection controls concerns that you have patients who should be isolated, but you do not have another isolation room. The worst thing that we can do for those people is let them suffer on their own mm -hmm. and not go down there and say thank you or, or ask a question or roll up our sleeves and do something about it. 
Undercover Boss is not just a reality TV show. It needs to be how we authentically appreciate and acknowledge people. Because if there's nothing you can do in that moment to fix it, you can study it and you can be with the people who are the ones struggling the most with that issue. And it can be on the customer side too. Go and spend time with your customers. It doesn't have to be the people providing it. It could also be on the other side too. Well, I like the flip side because understanding both ends. You know, and I, you know, with my tenure working with lots of um, companies in different sectors, I remember one thing sticks out for me. Uh, there was a suicide, and um, of course, there was a trauma response. We responded within 24 hours. It was a a hospital chain, and um, so I was there just kind of making sure everything was getting done. And the CEO showed up. Yeah. at the response and yeah. I I was shocked I was like and so you know obviously we were doing the the debriefing had been done and all those things and he just wanted to show up to say I just wanted to show my face and just say this is a horrible thing to have happened it happened at one of the hotels and but I just want to let you know this is this is horrific yeah. um because that person's lost someone and, you know, obviously, but you as my staff have had to deal with this and you've dealt with it in such an amazing way that I wanted to come to show you that I know how difficult this must have been, but I'm so proud of how we as an environment dealt with it. And I was, so I'm making sure on my end, my company end that everything flows. That's kind of part of my role. But again, for him coming down from corporate to the actual hotel to be able to show the presence, it's, it was pretty amazing. And like you're right, when, when you think of leadership, right, especially through dire times, and of course, this situation I'm talking is one of those dire things, mm-hmm. and someone does something like that, you it sticks with you. Yeah. It, it, it's, it sticks with you in your mind, right? Like versus kind of the leaders that, you know, would, and unfortunately, um, sometimes the leaders to get back to work or, you know, we'll be okay. Or the shift coming in, it's not you know going to be okay. But this time, this last 18 months has shown us the value of some of these examples that we've, we've been using, right? The ones that really stop to, you know, really see how, you know, the Sarah McDonald's of the world, how are you really doing Sarah? Like not the, what you're showing me, but how is it really in your life or stuff like that? And Mm-hmm. that's value because we all want to be validated mm-hmm. to feel like we're important. And, you know, when you're my senior leader um, and I feel a connection and I feel a connection to the culture, then it's like, that's kind of like part of my family. And I want to do my best to optimally function, you know, because I want my, my culture and my family to survive, which is a different space, you know, compared to, let me just get through the day and we go 20 minutes at a time. You know, let me try to on my on my days off, look for what's better out there, which yeah. unfortunately is the inauthentic end to things because people are just like like we've seen in, with the new resignation with a lot of people. People are voting with their feet based on their values now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, when you think about all the things you gave, you know, that tragic example of a suicide, we have COVID, we have natural disasters, we have um, uh, cyber attacks. There's it's not if we have something that is going to dramatically shake the people in that we serve, that we that we employ here. It's it's what are we going to do when it happens? It's it, and it's not a fault of the organization or the industry or or you know whatever has happened um, to create that. It's what do we do? And that's really what tests our authenticity. And 
It's what tests if recognition is sincere. Did that, was that company gonna keep it going or not? You know, a, a, an example that I hadn't thought about until, you know, you just shared that, which was beautiful is, um, I was the keynote speaker at a conference that where we were talking about recognition and they didn't have a formal closing keynote, but I was curious, I wanted to stick around. They invited the general manager of the hotel to close out the conference. And I thought, well, I don't know if there, he's making a plug for <laughs> everybody come here and go on a vacation, it was Puerto Rico. Um, so uh, I don't know, is this, is it, this is like the world's best idea. Did you get a free conference by having the general manager come and speak? And you know what it was? It was brilliant. He talked about um, a, a hurricane that had hit the island uh, just over a year before that and how they, as a leadership team, oh, sorry, that was Siri. <laughs> She's talking from my Apple Watch. Um, the uh, the general manager talked about how they handled that response, mm -hmm. and what what he shared was he and all of the members of the leadership team basically moved into the hotel. Many of the surrounding hotels, unfortunately, had been catastrophically damaged, so they had other um, people from those hotels that they welcomed in. Any, any of the family members of the staff who had lost their homes or wasn't safe to go home were allowed to live in the hotel. I mean, they were at, they were bursting wow. capacity. But it, well, he said one of the proudest memories, and he had had a long decorated career in hospitality. He said, my proudest memory to this point and likely will always be is when I and my entire executive team and all of the leaders lived in this hotel with our staff and their families and our guests and the guests of other hotels guests and we made sure that they had three meals a day and we we cleaned as best we could and we we went and we used every single resource we had in the intercontinental hotels disposal to bring in supplies and i mean i get goosebumps when i share that story with you and i thought that is the best way to end a conference where you started talking about authentic, meaningful recognition in a service-based industry. You have- How smart, how smart. Oh, doesn't that inspire you? Like they didn't have to do any of that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely, right? Like, I mean, the, the fact that is that, I mean, what a valuable way to demonstrate, like they were just being, uh, which is part of their culture and to be able to share that with anybody that what I mean we all have to travel we all have to stay places and things like that but would you not want to have your event or you know your your getaway in an environment that's so validating in a, in a time of really such high need versus yeah. the place to you know the five star or the whatever just uh you know somebody that's in line but you know I'm always amazed um from some of the leaders that I interviewed that you had uh, connected with me with, what I've one one trait that they shared with me that was quite um, interesting is they said they're in alignment whether they're at work or at home uh -huh. with their values, and they're often coming from a place of service. And the one theme that I often heard as well was that they they had something happen to them in their life that made them re realize or reconfigure the concept of uh, performance. And it was more about service versus performance. 
And, um, you know, it, it was it, it was fascinating to listen to because then they were doing things in their communities um, that were connected to their families that kind of impacted the, the just their overall concept of how they led, um, you know, whether it was in their communities or at home or at work, they were they were one and the same, but they had evolved um, to a level to recognize that. I'm the representative wherever I am, I'm going to be the same person um, and that the growing that they did, um, you know, and a lot of these leaders had worked a lot on themselves as well, not just to lead for outcome, but to lead so that, um, you know, they bring people on that really want to follow them, mm -hmm. which I was really inspired by most of their stories. You can lead for outcome. You can lead for lead for impact and then you can lead for purpose like those i think to me those are the three levels and and some of the the folks that lead from a place of purpose these are the folks you hear that they are mentoring that they are and and really pushing for equity and rights of people um not only in their own organization in their their whole industry they may even be the ones who encourage the organization to become more philanthropic or uh, have volunteer activities and days. Um, one organization that uh, we partnered with for a nurses week, a, a, um, a virtual nurses week event that my my colleagues and I run every year um, is the Daisy Foundation. And that's a family that um, out of their losing their son, um, who is a who is a, a young man. They just they saw the amazing care that and and the connectedness of the leaders, the authenticity of the leaders and the genuine authentic care at the bedside. And they decided to totally transform their mission in their life. And they built the Daisy Foundation, which is now in over 100 organizations across the world, certainly in, in a lot of them in the US. And what what are this is their mission is to try to have an easy way for organizations to collect patient stories, uh, family family member stories and peer stories about who what amazing care looks like. So, in other words, they took a, this place of being so grateful for the care of their son that sadly they lost and they channeled that into a life's work so they 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 could have written the note which would be, you know, check in the box that it was, it's the task. They could have had an impact and to maybe write the CEO and the board or write a positive, positive note to the newspaper. They, and they elevated it to purpose because that was the most authentic way that they could acknowledge the, light, the, the forever impact that those nurses and leaders had on them. And now have created this incredible opportunity for thousands of people in any given year to be recognized. So what you're saying around the, the, uh, the connection around alignment between personal and, and uh, work, you can't have alignment without it being driven from a place of impact and purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I invite people who are listening to this and thinking, how do I, instead of how do I become more authentic, how do I come become more aligned with what I believe my greatest, most important mark is going to be in my career as a leader. Mm -hmm. And if that is to, to bring the next generation of, of, of leaders into, of, of different, maybe diverse groups that haven't been well represented, that's great. For maybe, for you, it's to increase quality standards, for somebody else it's to create a learning organization, whatever that is. 
it is just it is just 1% better every day to end up having the most authentic version of your of your purpose. And one of the side benefits of that is it gets you out of the I'm too busy, disempowering cycle that is sometimes leaders mental and and also tactical reality every day is how do you make time for the most important things the authentic important impact in your life you make the things that are most important you make happen so that's that's i mean we could talk about this for hours i'm wondering if that has been your experience as well absolutely and I, i you know in my book i talk a lot about why did you become a leader to begin with so what is your backstory you know, and I often think of my own. And it was because I grew up in a family of six, there was so many of us. And, you know, at times in the scuttle, I would get my voice would get lost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to ensure that, you know, in kind of doing the kind of work that I the path that I took that everybody um, that I would interface with with time would have a voice, right. And look how it's evolved into what I do today. And then in the latter part of the book, I talk a lot about what is your leadership legacy? What legacy do you want to leave behind? And if you think about what you're saying about meaning and purpose, is that does that not fit? I might yeah. have an idea where I begin. Um, and like you said, you could, you know, you have all these pressures as a leader, the tactical outcome-driven things that you have to achieve, which we know is part of leadership. And but then how, you know, when you when it's value-driven and purpose-driven to w- what is that imprint that I'm gonna leave behind? then that really kind of allows you to allot your time to kind of highest and best use of that time first with in reference to what that that purpose is, mm. you know? Love that, yeah. Yeah, and, there, and there, that's where only you can know, which is again, mm. that other ingredient piece of authentic is that we can look to role models, we can go to a conference and learn about best practices and leading practices, we can read books, we can um, talk to people that we really respect and get great counsel. And ultimately, you need to decide what your legacy is and you need to decide. Um, and it, you don't have to decide today. It's just it's that quest to understand. And that's how we truly, you know, to your point around leaving, leave, leading and leaving a legacy is that it's through our, our everyday experience, that little tiny imprint that we make that leaves and even if it gets like a tide coming in, it gets washed away for the day. It was there for that period of time. And all we have is this moment now. If you win the lottery tomorrow and choose to retire, or you you get another opportunity to have an even greater impact somewhere else, your your industry completely changes. And, and you're, even just like today with remote work, people are feeling a sense of greater, I'm hearing, greater sense of disconnection. And I say, time to rebuild connection. Uh, maybe it existed before and it just is rewriting the story. Perhaps it's, it's wasn't, it was an artificial sense of connection because you saw each other and you thought that that was actual connection and, and maybe lots of things in between. The point is you can't do anything about the fact that some workplaces will never truly go back to being face to face. Um, some are going to be blended. Some will be completely remote. Whatever that is, is, is this is what's now. So what does your legacy look like now? What does your purpose look like now? Because the opposite of authentic is complaining about what, what isn't present. That's, mm-hmm. that's not solving it. That's not finding out who you are. That's not tapping into your resourcefulness. 
uh, whether it be your people that you reach out to, access to information, access to resources and, and from like a tech or physical standpoint. So being in your own agent of your own design, designing your career, your life makes you more effective for everybody else because it's an action. Um, and even if you change course, that's okay. I mean, look at you and I have had many different careers in our time. And each time we hope we've left the one we left behind a little bit better off. Um, we'd like to think that we did. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we did. Um, and the point is, it's all leading to now. And then it's, it's something else. It's going to lead to something else. If we don't recognize people along the way, um, hardwiring that impact is not hardwiring it into our, our emotional DNA are the things we feel most dip, deeply, I know you know this um, so well, is as the type of expert that you are um, in the psychosocial well-being realm of things, whether providing therapy or coaching and so forth, the things that we feel most deeply, we remember the most. Mm -hmm. So on your journey to have authentic purpose and contribute meaning, recognize, value, support people along the way, no matter what your core purpose is, because you will leave a deeper imprint on them. They will be more likely to be part indoctrinated into your mission and your purpose, which makes your purpose faster, deeper, more meaningful in the end. So never underestimate the power of recognizing as part of your quest to fulfill the most important aspects. Um, that is after they've read your book and, and have clarified what that core purpose is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, this has been amazing as usual. Thank you so much for um, your time. Now, now you said you were um, you're going to have a new edition of your book. If there are people that are um, wanting to uh, get some of your other books or get um, on a list or reaching out to you to consult, where can they reach you? Greatnessmagnified.com. Yeah, they, and I'm on all forms of social media, including TikTok, much to my children's chagrin. Um, so Sarah McVannell, uh, M-C-V-A-N-E-L. So um, I love her TikToks, by the way. I watch them all the time. I'm like, oh, no, this is a new one. She makes me giggle. So check those out because I check them out and I'm often giggling. I'm like, oh, that was a nice one. So again, for everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, it's a pleasure um, I think I can say that without a doubt, it's always um, an honor spending time mm -hmm. with Sarah. Authenticity lends into um, the space that you need to be where you listen at a deep, profound level to that legacy that you just imprint on the world. So spend time in awareness, get connected to who you are as a leader and put it out into the universe and see what comes back at you. So for everyone, if you're wanting to consult uh, with me about authentic heart leadership and your teams, reach out to me um, and we can have a chat. They, all you got to remember is chatwithroxanne.com and we'll jump on a quick call. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.